I'd like to spend some time this morning contrasting fear and courage. Um, this last week in our readings, um, I'd gone over Proverbs 27.5. It says, better is open rebuke than hidden love. And that's to me, is not an obvious... Um, there's no obvious understanding within that. I, I, I guess I was chewing on it for a while. And um, the commentators will say that the idea with it is that if you have goodwill towards someone, but you don't see something, don't say something when they're walking down a faulty path, that that's not really an expression of love, or it's not not helpful in their lives. And so it's just like if you know if we were out walking up hogback or something like that, and you see somebody heading in the wrong direction, and you just kind of, oh, that's too bad. That, that doesn't do any good for their lives, right? And uh, the wandering around Wetmore Landing is not going to help. But if, if you say you're going the wrong way, it's that stepping in and, and saying, this is important. And in the same way, in the events of life, regularly, we see things in regard to our friends that at times we're going, this is a really bad path but I'm afraid of saying something because it might offend them or it might wound them or they might turn me aside, they might reject what I have. And there's that relational thing and you have to decide, what am I going to do? And this verse is saying, better open rebuke than hidden love. Well, that said, I started spending the rest of my week thinking about the association with fear that... um, I run into two verses that to me are juxtaposed, and I've gone after them numerous times, but I never feel like I quite get done what I want to. The first is out of Proverbs 1, and it's that idea, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom or knowledge, depending on which translation you read, so that there is an appropriateness in fear of the Lord. But then I I contrast that with 1 John, where it says, perfect love casts out all fear. And in the 1 John passage, that's the fear of judgment and punishment from the Lord, that when we understand how much God loves us, we don't have to have that fearful expectation of his judgment. But the idea early in Proverbs is that, you know, if you have this appropriate respect for the Lord and, and fear, then, then you're going to make life choices that actually put you in good stead. And, and so trying to sort that out, saying, I need a few more words here, or I need a few more descriptions of fear or something. You know, um, I, I, I wrestle with that. And, but I want, to, I want to walk through some things associated, because I think in some ways, every single day, We challenge certain fears, right? Or we are faced with different things, whether it be, how do I get this done? Or how am I going to say this to this person? Or how am I going to plan for this? You know, those things are challenges to us, and how well we deal with those, in some measure, is how well we deal with life. And in Christ, we are... We are encouraged to carry courage. We, we are encouraged, so to speak, that 
our God is loving and faithful and involved in our lives. And so where we are vulnerable, he is still very capable and willing to take us through those vulnerabilities into strength. And so with that, there's this understanding that even though I feel a certain amount of anxiety in this moment, it is not to be crippling or stifling in the sense of this shuts everything down. But rather, I have a choice in that moment to say, in the Lord, what am I going to do here? What does he want done? And often he calls us to challenge those things. Um, out of Hebrews, there's this declaration in that faith chapter, of chapter 11. It says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. It says, whoever would draw near to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. And so there's this idea that God is not only aware of us, but he is active in our lives, and as long as we're pursuing him, we have this anticipation of his actual blessing upon us. Appreciated the song these guys were singing, uh, they wrote. I mean, it, it fits with this kind of thought. Let's look at uh, some of the vulnerabilities, I mean, that, that come out in regard to Scripture. Jesus said, don't fear someone that can kill your body. Fear the one that can condemn your soul and body to hell. You know, he says, don't get too caught up in what others can do because all of that is temporal. He says, be preoccupied with the eternal. In that same passage, however, he goes on to say, even the very hairs of your head are numbered. In other words, God knows you intimately, better than you know yourself. And then he says, if God looks after the sparrows, how much more is he going to take care of you? In other words, even the little birds are watched by the Lord and cared for. If he takes care of them, he is very concerned and he is going to take care of you as well. The birds, vulnerable. But God watches over them. Your, our lives, vulnerable. But God watches over us. In the same way, in one passage in Luke, he calls out to, he says, little flock, fear not. It is the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. And even in that, sheep are one of the most vulnerable animals of, of large animals that there are. And yet, Jesus speaks of the believers as little flock, not only vulnerable group, but little group, another vulnerability vulnerability tied into that and he just says the father's giving you the kingdom don't worry about your vulnerabilities the old testament has an interesting picture in isaiah he says for i the lord your god hold your right hand it is i who say to you fear not i'm the one who helps you now listen to this fear not you worm jacob you men of israel As vulnerable as a worm, <laughs> don't be afraid. Now, you can, you can get a little uptight and say, why would God call anybody a worm? But he called himself a worm in, in, in Psalm 22, when the prophetic passage is coming about in regard to his death. He says, I'm a worm despised by men. 
And so in that, you know, culturally different context, but at the same time, the point is, it doesn't matter how vulnerable your life may be in the moment. It may not matter how open and exposed you feel. There is one who is watching over you that cares deeply for you and has the power to influence your situation. Who is the man who fears the Lord? Him he will instruct in the way that he should choose. In other words, if we, if we recognize our vulnerability before the Lord and say, you are the mighty one, that opens a door for us to receive the instruction of the Lord and his guidance. Psalm 34, I sought the Lord and he answered me, delivered me from all my fears. Those who look to him are radiant and their faces are never covered with shame. This poor man cried and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. That's a good passage to memorize if you're battling with fears. It's a good one to just keep going over and, and it's like saying, okay, you treated the psalmist this way. This is a way that you treat humanity. I'm a part of that group, so I know that you're willing to treat me similarly. In other words, it isn't just saying, well, lucky psalmist. No. The psalmist understood that God was watching over his life. And he writes it down, and it's therefore understanding this is how God deals with his people. And so then we step into that and we say, that's for me as well. I love this verse out of Hebrews 10. By one sacrifice, he has made perfect forever those who are being made holy. I am very aware that I am not perfectly holy. I am well aware that holiness is a target Holiness is the goal, but holiness is where I am not there yet. Okay? You say, well, that's obvious. <laughs> yeah, but the other part of it is, I'm already perfect in his sight, which is incredible because of the one sacrifice made through his son, he cleansed me forever. And so sins of the past... Failures of the present, future foolishnesses are still covered by this one sacrifice. And I have this confidence that he is, that I'm living better than I did yesterday and that tomorrow is going to be better yet. I am being made holy in him. But still the confidence that even whenever it would end, I am still perfect in his sight. Powerful idea. Wonderful idea. So when the doubts come and the fears of, am I standing in the way of judgment? Am I being, you know, is this? No, his sacrifice has cleansed my life. His sacrifice is complete. And it covers me. As long as I am committing myself to this path in Him. I'm protected. It's a... There was a... <laughs> saying amen. I agree. I, that's just so you know. No, it's a good thing. 
Thank you. <laughs> Future preacher. There we go. Um, in how, how we view God is so important in this. And one of the parables in the book of Matthew, Jesus says that the, the man gave talents to different ones to oversee. And there's one that he gave only a little bit to because he, he knew what would take place. The guy buries it in the ground. And when, he, when it comes time to give an accounting, the guy brings it back and says, I knew what a harsh person you were. I knew that you take what you don't sow. I, I knew that you gather what isn't yours. And so here, I brought this back to you because I knew you'd take it back, essentially, is what's being said. And the master calls him wicked and lazy. He says, if you knew this, you should have at least put it with the bankers. Let, them draw, let it draw interest. The, the, the thing that I gather out of this is, if I view God as a, a strict judge who has no care or just takes constantly, then, then there's this attitude of why invest? Why trust? Why step forward and courage? It's better just to protect, protect, protect and walk in that fear. Who knows when it's all going to fall apart? Who knows when it's going to come crashing down? But it has to do with the perspective of who God is, right? You know, of the other servants that went and invested and, and poured out their lives to it, he rewards them with double what they'd had. And, and so if you come to terms with who God really is, you embrace what the scripture says, that he is a loving and faithful God who cares deeply about your life and who invests himself into you. Then when it comes up to these points of fear, you have an option of choosing courage that says, I will trust him. I will have confidence that he is going to see me through this. And you step into things that you wouldn't normally step into. Different families have different fear issues. Sometimes it's this fear of shame. Sometimes it's a fear of, of uh, rejection. Sometimes it's a fear that we just can't ever accomplish anything. And often that gets transferred from parent to child. When are you going to break that by what the Scripture says? When are you going to throw that off and allow the Scripture to speak life and says, this is how God views you and this is how he treats you. This is who he sees. And we are able to take our fears to him and say, I, I, I don't know. But I'm going to give it my best effort. What's the worst that happens? Failure? Rejection by someone? Is that life ending? Is that eternity ending? Not even close. But how many would admit, I didn't try this because I was afraid? And then there's always that one, I wonder if I could have done that. A lot of people are working jobs that they're too afraid to even apply somewhere else because they just don't know what it will hold. Or they're working something and continue hating the situation but afraid to step forward. 
Others are in relationships, are wanting relationship, and they're afraid to make themselves vulnerable and say, let's hang out together. Let's spend some time. What happens if you get rejected? Oh, yeah, it's going to sting. But what's, what's the alternative? Never having the relationship because you're too afraid to try? If God sees us intimately and deals with us personally, then surely he's involved in those things as well. It, it's an opportunity to trust him and step forward and see things that go beyond your dreams. One of the most beautiful things is that when you take a step of courage and you see it work out, is that you come to a place and you recognize, I could not have done that on my own. God, God intervened here. He did something that I couldn't do. And I have this marker, so to speak, that says God was faithful. Over the years, at different points, we're not faithful in it always, but Shars kept a... a a record of blessings. Well, she'll write down what we see as answered prayers or we see God's intervention in ways that we couldn't do. And there have been times particularly when we felt we were being called into something that we didn't know how it could possibly work out, but we still knew that we, we were better off taking a shot at it than not trying. And, you know, you... you you step into things, and, and you're not sure what's going to happen, but then when it works out better than you anticipate, you, you just go, that had to be God. It's been long enough now. I feel like I could talk about some of the things even in coming here. Six weeks into being here, there was a group that met on a Saturday night to see if they could throw me out. I had made a decision that I would rather get thrown out trying to do what I believed in than just tread water for years. And so I was, it, that to me was a courage step. You know, where, where you're not sure what's going to happen. You, you see the alternatives, but you're going, this is what I feel like I need to do. So that meeting happened on a Saturday night. On Sunday, we had a powerful, powerful service. Now, we didn't have another one like that for many years. And yet, it broke the back of the opposition in that moment. It, it, now, it wasn't all over, but, but it, in that moment, it got us through. And I look at that, and I'm going, if I hadn't... Step forward, I would never have known God's faithfulness to me in that situation. And it, it's one of those things that we, we write that down and we go, that is a, a marker in our lives, a testimony of God's faithfulness to us. You know, could I have changed the tide of that at my own? No. Did I change it through maneuvering or slickness? No. But God did it in a way that I couldn't. 
And, you know, for me, it was one of those moments where I'm going, he is with me. He's in this thing. And, then, and you know, that's a nice story of the past. But every day there are opportunities to deal with fears. And every season has its own challenges. And so even though I like telling that story, but it's much better to talk about today. <laughs> even yesterday, I'm putting together that silly, not silly, the rink. <laughs> silly. It's a game, right? And I, I'm reaching a, a moment where I am not sure I'm going to get it done. And I'm going, okay, okay, okay. Cut, cut, screw. You know? <laughs> a kid walks by here who I, I've never met, and he goes, you need some help? Yeah. <laughs> so he comes over and spends two hours just assembling. And I'm going, that's a God moment. And even though he's talking to me about ancestral worship and I'm trying to talk about the Lord and, you know, I, it may well have been an angel for me. Okay? Well, you know, those kind of things, you still say, God was with me in that moment. And it's a wondrous thing. Okay, I have many more verses than what I'm going to cover. When Abraham went into the promised land the first time, and he's a stranger there, he is not so certain that they're going to even embrace him enough to keep from killing him and just taking his stuff. And God speaks to him one night and says, I'm your shield. Don't be afraid. He makes that declaration, I am your reward as well. You know? And so he's, he's not to fear even though he is outnumbered and vulnerable. When Moses is making his final declarations before he dies and, and the people are going to head off into the promised land, he challenges them and calls them out and says, be strong and courageous. And then he commissions Joshua, and he says to Joshua, be strong and courageous. This is so important because 40 years earlier, they had sent the spies out, they'd come back, they'd given a bad report, and fear kept them from stepping into the promise. So they had wandered around for 40 years in a wilderness simply because they had operated in fear rather than courage. When Joshua gets into the promised land, and he meets the angel of the Lord over at least three times has stated, be strong and courageous. Be careful to follow and do everything that I've commanded you. The idea is that if you do this, you have opportunity to prosper. And so he says, be strong and courageous. You can do this, is what he's saying. We know the stories because we hear it. You know, David, when he was... Uh, when he was going to fight Goliath, now here's an important principle too. He had already, in the setting that he was in, fought a bear and a lion. So he had some smaller victories, 
Now he's fighting Goliath. He knows that God is faithful in those little things. And so he's, he has a confidence about him that allows him to be victorious over Goliath. So when he goes to appoint his son Solomon and say, uh, you know, and he's passing off the kingdom to him, what does he say? Be strong and courageous. He's throwing it out to him and saying, what will hold you back is fear. What allows you to step forward is a courage to get things done. These are powerful stories. These are a part of our history. And so we, we grab onto them and say, I want that in my life as well. I want to conclude by reading out of Romans 8, Paul's declaration of God's protection and care. 8.31 on through 39. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? If he loved us enough to allow his son to die for us, would he just abandon us now? No way, Paul say. Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? Is it God who justifies? Who's going to condemn us? Jesus Christ is the one who died. More than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. So he says, people condemn you? What's it matter? We have a great lawyer. Someone who, who already paid the price for us. He's speaking for us even now. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, danger, sword. As it is written, for your sake, we're being killed all day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No. In all these things, we're more than conquerors through him who loved us. So he says, even in the temporal, if things aren't going very well, he says, it is not the end of the story. And the final part of this is victory in the Lord. For I'm sure that neither death nor life, angels or rulers, things present or things to come, powers nor height nor depth, anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Praise to God. What is your fear today? And do you have confidence that God who loves you and is involved in your life has the power to overcome that? And are you willing to walk in the courage that is expressed through faith that says, I will trust him in this event? Wonderful, wonderful truths. Father, I pray for each one here. I pray for the individuals that's fearful that they can't pass their classes. I pray that you'll give them a confidence to give it their very best and not give up. I pray for the one that's worried about their personal relationships and just sees things coming apart and isn't sure what to do. I ask that you'll give them the ability to trust you.
or the one that is fearful of speaking out truth to another. Give them confidence that what they're doing is right in you and it will bear good fruit. You are our strength and we trust you this day. Amen. If you need prayer regarding fears, sometimes it's hard to get past this on your own, then find someone you trust or if you want to come forward, there'll be ones here to pray with you. I did not mention it earlier, but obviously there are times of you that the enemy, Satan, will use our fears and magnify that in a way that is, is, feels completely overwhelming. That can be broken off. Um, God sets us free of those things, and it, it's powerful when it happens. But, you know, that's part of the battle we're in. But you are offered opportunity to, to have that overcome. I want to pray for God's blessing upon you. What remains is open-ended. May your blessing rest on these, your people. May they know the fullness of favor that you intend for their lives. May they discover with joy that you conquer fear and allow courage to flourish. We trust your goodness and your faithfulness. Teach us and instruct us, we ask. Now I pray as each one goes into the community that you'll give them words of life to speak over others. I ask that you'll enable them to carry out the workings of your kingdom, gift them with the supernatural. Be lifted up and exalted, our Lord, we pray. We love you this day. Amen. God bless you.